Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Liberty Blues. I'm Sean Osborne. And I'm John Phillips, the other John Phillips. <laughs> and we're here with John Phillips Jr. How you doing, John? I'm good, and just so it's clear, I'm not his John Phillips Jr. Yeah. <laughs> no relation. <really>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you want to talk, like, you're a member of the, what do they call it, the executive committee for the Libertarian Party? Well, I, yeah, I'm I actually, I'm a member of the Libertarian National Committee, the board. Yeah, that's um, what I was trying to think. Which, that's, which is kind of confusing because for some people, you know, to technically the, they might consider the LNC, the entire party. Um, and, but I'm a member, I'm a board member. I'm a regional, I'm the region six rep. Um, but I am also a member of the executive committee, which is the four officers and a couple other people on the board, um, for, yeah, for solely for purposes of making quick decisions that need to be made. So what kind of stuff do you do is like, uh, for outreach is like that, um, what'd you call it? The, the at large thing or whatever it was. Well, the, I'm the, for the executive committee or for the, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, for the executive committee, there's not a lot of outreach. I mean, that's really, uh, um, it's basically, it's a smaller subset of the board um, that can get together and make quick decisions that, you know, if, okay, hey, we need to authorize $2,500 in legal fees, or um, we need to come up with $4,000 for this ballot access drive, and we need to make a decision quickly. Um, mm -hmm. that's what the, that's what the executive committee does. Uh, it really is just a subset of the, uh, of the regular committee. What about on the LNC? Okay. Well, on the LNC, I'm, I'm the region six rep, which means I represent several States, uh, Illinois, Missouri, Wisconsin, Nebraska, <coughs> North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, Minnesota. Um, and, uh, the, uh, and you know, I try to go to as many of their conventions as I can. I stay in touch with their state chairs um, and a few other people in their state. And uh, um, you know, and obviously, uh, anybody who wants to reach out to me is more than welcome to. I have an open email address at the uh, john.phillips at lp.org, um, or uh, I often give out my cell phone number to my constituents. So, what kind of stuff have you been doing to to grow the party in those states? Like what, what's your personal uh, outreach method? Uh, my personal outreach method is to um, to get involved in other people's things um, <laughs> and show and uh, and show that the Libertarian Party is invested in volunteer activities. Uh, like, for instance, the most recent thing I did was uh, and I would have done this anyway, but I, you know, it's the uh, um, I volunteered at a homeless shelter that was uh, started to. Um, for during that cold snap we had a few weeks back mm -hmm. uh, you know so we were it was a warming shelter we um, we were only open from seven at night um, till eight the next morning um, basically um, taking it picking up the slap where some of the day shelters closed down uh, so that people weren't freezing to death mm -hmm. um, you know and so you know so I went and I cooked and I volunteered and I helped uh, and helped keep people off the streets uh, you know I work with uh, different activists on different uh different things that uh, um, are you know, both help the cause of liberty and help um, help other people um, to to show that uh, that's what libertarianism really is about is about volunteer voluntarism and how we don't need the government to force us to do these things. Yeah, that's right. So many people look at I, I, it drives me nuts when people say we're selfish. I was like, man, our whole whole concept is volunteering to do stuff. 
I mean, I don't know anybody that calls people who are volunteering for shit selfish. That just drives me out of my mind. Right. Well, you know, they've, they've, they've done a very good job in, in school and public schools of brainwashing people and to think that, that the government is, is charity and, and the yeah. government is, you know, and it's not, uh, you know, the government takes our money, wastes a bunch of it and hands some of it back to some people and says, Oh, look, aren't you happy? We give you some of your money back. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, and uh, and they don't do it very well, and they don't do anything very well. Um, yeah, matter of fact, that's kind of only one of my talking points is you know, when I yeah. run for office and different other things is I look at people and say, "Tell me the last time government did something well." I'll wait. Yeah, the only thing they do well is waste money. Right, and they don't even do that well. I mean, that's <laughs> you know the, but they, uh, uh, but I get uh, you know I get a lot of times I get somebody to come up with an answer. And sometimes they're even half right. Um, like, like one guy says, one guy says, well, you know, weights and measures. And I said, okay, yeah, but no, the, uh, yeah, maybe theoretically standardizing weights and measurements is a good thing. I'll give you that. But as soon as you created the whole department of weights, weights and measures, <laughs> good luck dealing with them. They don't do that well, you know, um, <laughs> The uh, so, you know, you know, you get a lot of, you know, you know, they can be in microcosm. They can do like one thing well, um, mm-hmm. or you know, hey, th- this was a good idea. Okay, yeah, maybe it was a good idea, but then they ruined it. Mm-hmm. So you know, as a as like messaging to like a, I know the like between the local and the um, national is a little bit different. How do you um, help grow the party? And like maybe get new affiliates, like all the states are you working in or affiliated with? Are they do they have affiliates in all their counties? No, and they're all working on it and they're all trying to grow. Um, I have been depending on my free time, which yeah, I don't have a ton of, um, but depending on the amount of free time, I have helped with that sometimes and sometimes I haven't. Uh, you know, last term I was on the affiliate support committee and uh, we did a contest to uh, to showcase what we called passive marketing, um, which was an idea by Aaron Adams to do, which is that, you know, okay, hey, go do these activism things wearing LP t-shirts. Don't make it, you know, okay, hey, I'm going to a state fair and I'm, you know, come fill out my survey. You're a libertarian. You don't just, you just don't know it. It's not that. It's, hey, go volunteer at this homeless shelter. Go clean up a street. Uh, go do the national park cleanup. Um, and, you know, and let people know that you're libertarians while you're doing it, but don't make it about that. Um, and so we had that contest. Um, I have helped a couple other counties affiliate. Uh, we were working on a project last term, which we called affiliate in a box, um, which was that, uh, you know, hey, if you want to form an affiliate, we want to have, have a package ready for you to go. Um, and we started on it. And to be perfectly honest, we didn't get very far with it. Uh-huh. Um, we just, um, uh, you know, with, with between the other project and the other things, we just didn't get very far with it. Um, and luckily, the new um, the new affiliate support committee had had basically the same idea, um, and they took it a different direction and are and are doing much better with it than we did on that particular um, avenue. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I said, you know, I, I said, hey, you know, anything we had, I'll send you. Or, uh, um, they're working on that and trying to do some stuff and that's great. Uh, but mostly I just go meet people, uh, and I go, um, 
you know, and I, if another, if, if another affiliate or another County or somebody's, if they call me up and say, Hey, come to our event, I'll go to their event and I'll, and I'll talk to people and I'll try and, uh, you know, make, to help do some, uh, outreach to media, help them get some media coverage, help them talk to people. Um, you know, despite my, you know, antagonistic, sometimes antagonistic presence <laughs> online, uh, you know, in person, um, I'm typically not like that, just like most people. And, uh, and so I spend a lot of time just talking to people and talking to them about, you know, Hey, these are things that the government's doing that are screwing you. Um, and you know, this is how to fix it and get them out of the way. And, uh, so I spend a lot of time talking to people about things like that, and, um, doing subtle outreach, you know, talking to, uh, state legislatures about, um, maybe, how their the law they're passing isn't really the right answer. Maybe they ought to change it. Win some, lose a lot more on that. But so, you know, every now and then I get a little change through. Uh, and, and I go talk to the city council um, almost every meeting. Um, I'm there even when I'm not running. Um, I, you know, I go there almost every city council meeting and you know give them props when they do things right and give them hell when they don't. Uh -huh. We'll take a real quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, thanks for listening to the Liberty Blues Network. Make sure and check out all three podcasts on our network. We have the Liberty Blues, a progressive and a libertarian walking to a bar and libertarian Los Angeles. Let us know what you think of the podcast and rate, review, follow, or whatever you can, wherever you listen. Thanks. Now back to the show. Well, we're back. <laughs> so, um, now I forgot what the hell I asked. <laughs> um, I, well, ju I just got done talking about... Uh, all the different things I do and going to see yeah, yeah. meetings and all that. Uh, John had a question. He'd been wanting to ask like some of the, some of the, some other libertarians like about uh, what was it, John? Well, one of the things I, I generally talk about, you know, with the libertarian movement is I try to figure out, you know, what, what's the goal of the movement? I mean, it, it's so different than, you know, what the other two political parties uh, represent in that it's an absence of government and you know is, is it the goal to try to restructure the whole government um so that it doesn't exist uh, that is that's very minimalistic or just incrementally uh -huh. because i'm trying to think of an example in human history where you know there's been like a large government and then the people said you know what this government's too big i think we're going to scale things back and have a very minor government and it never seems to work that way. I think government's getting bigger, and then at some point there's a revolt, and then everything starts all over, or there's a minimalistic government. But I haven't seen that happen peacefully, or I, I don't know of anything in the course of human history where that's happened peacefully. Are you aware of any? Uh, no. Um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can get in small increments, you get a little bit of improvement, a little bit. But the truth of the matter is that most people in government you know, it's not in their best interest to reduce their own power. Uh, and right. uh, the and somebody's always going to them going, what can you do for me? 
And because, well, what can you do for yourself is not a popular answer. Um, the, uh, and so, you know, what the goal of the party is and what the goal of the movement is, it, I mean, it really depends on who you talk to. Uh, there are some, you know, there are everything from just, hey, we need to reduce regulation people in the Libertarian Party to minarchists to complete anarchists and, uh, you know, and everywhere in between. And it's so, you know, really, I mean, for me, you know, kind of depends on, you know, the movement versus the party are two different things. I mean, the movement is a philosophical thing that says, hey, individual rights are the paramount thing. And uh, we need to protect those at almost all costs. Um, whereas as a political party, you know, we're trying to work within a political framework, uh, you know, there are boundaries and there are, um, and things. Yeah, and so it's a little bit, you know, you, people try a little bit of an incremental approach and sometimes they win. I know that uh, Marshall Burt in Wyoming is having some good luck with the, with his recent position um, in the state legislature and getting some th getting a few things changed. Uh, I know that some people, um, Kara Schultz, for example, is on the city council, or her city council up in, Minnesota, and they have another, uh, she has another city council member on there, I believe as well, and a person who just ran for mayor that came close. Um, so they have a couple libertarians on their city council, and they, uh, you know, they, a lot of times, you know, they're kind of reduced to, hey, let's not let them overstep, but they are able to, to, to draw back some things. And, uh, you know, most people, I mean, you know, hey, if we're trying to get elected into government, we're not, hey, the government needs to go away. Um, but we are that the government needs to get the hell out of things that they shouldn't be in, that they shouldn't be involved in to begin with, which is most things. Uh, the uh, but uh, so you know, kind of the goals of the movement versus the goals of the party may not always coincide um, because the you know we are a political party, and so we do um, have some responsibility to try and you know make political things happen. And I appreciate you know any. Any uh, incremental setback to government to make it smaller, certainly appreciate that. So I don't mean to demean the cause. And also as a disclaimer, I don't want to, I'm not advocating for the forceful overthrow of the government. <laughs> yeah, we got to say that these days. <laughs> you do have to say that these days. And I mean, I'm not going to lie to be perfectly honest. There are my bad days, on my really grumpy days, I start to go. <laughs> that may be what it takes. Um, I haven't advocated for it, but I have said, I'm not sure that we're going to get it without that. Yeah. Um, the uh well there is another there is another way and that that i thought of and that is you know if the if if there becomes like a collapse of the dollar or you know things become so economically depressed that the government just like totally fails um then you could see something rising up a new government rising up out of nothing that would be would have a libertarian philosophy a very minimalistic government. You, so, yeah i mean I, I I have little faith that that would happen because most people would be like, oh, well, see, we need more government to fix where the government screwed up. You know, that's how these that's how that's how people think they've I mean, the yeah, they've turned away from the they, you know, they've turned more and more away from the word you know, from church and they've just substituted government for God and they worship. Yeah, they worship the government and they expect the government to take care of everything. And so I yeah. just, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, on my down days, I get really, 
you know, I get really gone, man, are we going to win this? On my updates, I'm like, okay, hey, we've won this, we've done this. Um, yeah, we're seeing marijuana um, prohibition getting repealed all across the country. I mean, so that's a win. That's something that one of the things I've been active in and pushing for for you know, multiple decades. Um, and so to see it starting to come to fruition um, in more and more states, even if some of the states like Illinois, where I live, is are screwing it up when they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, you know, it is still an improvement. Um, you know, we've, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, advances in recognizing gay marriage and things like that, um, and transgender people's rights. That uh, you know, even 20 years ago, the Democrats were against. I mean, you know, you know, when Hillary Clinton was first running for office, she said she wasn't in favor of gay marriage. Or, you know, first mm-hmm. running for the presidential office. The uh, so the uh, so we're seeing lots of changes that people forget that we started. Um, do I, you know, the only reason I care about credit is because I think if we got credit for them, we would get people to change their minds quicker. Yeah. But other than that, I just want the changes to happen. So I don't really care so much about the credit. So, yeah, somebody's got to be anti war too. Because <laughs> right, you know, we're about the only ones there too. Yeah. We, I mean, it used to be Democrats were anti war and Republicans were yeah, for a while and Republicans were anti war, but now it's just us and now maybe the Green Party, maybe. Yeah. They're all war until they get into office and then once they get into office then the war seems to be a much better idea yeah there seem to be some kind, of, some kind of some kind of excuse to keep us involved in war you know probably you know somebody's coming in selling them that oh well if we if we don't spend all this money on war we're going to crash the economy or some bullshit like that yeah you know yeah that's a bunch of lying crap that they sell us but you know i mean there would be a short-term downturn short-term downturn maybe but uh you know, if you turned around and, you know, you could spend a quarter of the money that we spend on war on infrastructure and and still be to, and, and still keep the economy going well and not be wasting all that money. I mean, the thing like you spend the money on a bomb that gets dropped, you've pissed that money away forever. Yeah. You spend that money. If you spend that money on a road. Hey, baby, you, you know, you're going to have to repair that road at some point, but you've got something there. You've got something that you can keep using. So, you know, my roads, but. <laughs> how, how about messaging? Do you think um, like, because, you know, the LP has like the national party and then all the states and then the counties. Do you think that the um, like an idea is like to for the local people to really be able to focus on the local stuff? And then the national kind of backed that up, but with a really strong national and more of the foreign policy and, you know, nationwide kind of thing. Is, is that kind of the way you see it? Or like, no, I mean, what do you see? The, like, how do you the, see the messaging coming out? Well, well, that's, a, that's a very complicated subject. Uh, but to start with, it all needs to work together. That's how I see it, because I have run for local office. And the first thing people ask you when you run for local office is about your national politics. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. You know, I mean, how many people I, I'm running for city council and you know, well, what's your stance on abortion? What's your stance on Trump? What's your stance on um, my stance is that none of those things affect city government. Um, yeah. Which, but they don't want that answer. They don't, that's a bad answer. The, the, uh, um, so they, you know, and then the same thing, you know, if you're, you know, people ask you know, if they manage to get hold of a presidential candidate, how many times do you see them asking? And this is the problem we have. We see all these presidential candidates. And the reason that they 
keep incrementally grabbing power is because people keep asking them, well, what are you going to do about this subject? Well, that subject mm-hmm. is not a federal government power. That should be their answer, but people aren't okay with that answer. And so then they have to turn around and do something about something that they shouldn't be doing anything about. Um, so it all has to work together, which is an issue. Uh, most people, when they're asking me about messaging, though, they, you know, they, it's like, oh, do we need to be in people's faces? Do we need to be, you know, do we need to be really subtle? Do we need, well, you know, like anything, you need all those tools in your toolbox. Mm. You know, um, you're going to reach some people with um, more loud and um, out audacious messaging. You're going to reach some people with more subtle messaging if you don't find some kind of balance in there you're going um you're not going to be able to reach anybody um and honestly i think that spike cohen says it the best you've got to meet people where they're at and you've got to listen to them and and the best way to to the best way to message is not to speak but to listen Mm -hmm. yeah uh you know you you go talk to these people and you find out what their concerns are and you find out well they want government they want you know they've got the problem with the schools and they want government to fix it and then you have to kind of subtly say okay well wouldn't it be better off to get the federal government out of that and keep your money local so that your local school school board can have more power and control the uh you know especially and you say hey you know you realize that the federal department of education you spend you know if you spend for every dollar you spend send to the federal department of education they they waste 70 cents and then and then send 30 cents back and that you know and then you're and then they expect you to thank you for that 30 cents wouldn't it be better to keep that whole dollar locally uh you know the uh you know, they want to talk about the income tax tomorrow. You know, how do you, know, if without tax, how do you pay from the roads? Well, there's lots of ways, but the first thing you need to do is you need to make the tax a more fair system that doesn't penalize both poor people and middle class and rich people all at the same time and forgot what, you know, the, uh, and come up with some kind of system that uh, my personal preference would be a, you know, and I know different people say different things, different, some people like uh, a use tax, some people like, um, you know, I mean, as long as we have a federal government, we're going to have to have some kind of tax. Um, my personal one is that you eliminate all of them except one. Pick your favorite one. No more fees, no more tariffs, no more nothing. They get one tax um, because then you can see it all. And yeah. then my personal, my personal is income tax, but you know, hey, a flat income tax, not graduated, not any of this. Oh well, rich people pay more. Rich people already pay more with a flat income tax. You know, you're, anybody who doesn't understand that has been lied to by math, um, which happens because people, you know, oh, numbers don't lie. That's bullshit. Numbers lie all the time. They lie to um, me the, all the time. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, um, <laughs> but not just a flat tax, but a flat tax that has a certain amount of discretionary for you, um, you know, divide it into some broad categories and say, okay, Hey, 50% of your, whatever the number tax number works out to goes into the general fund. And then the other 50%, you get to say, okay, I want it all to go towards human services. I want 10% to get human services and 10% to go to defense and the rest to go to infrastructure, whatever, you know, um, have some broad categories like that that lets people's, say okay hey this is where we want the money to go mm-hmm. um so they feel like they've got some choice um the uh and uh, you know that's but uh i don't even know how i got off on this tangent about taxation but the uh, the 
It's a libertarian uh, podcast. It's going to happen. Right. The, uh, you get, uh, and when you start talking about messaging, the biggest thing is you've got to, you've got to be able to talk to people and understand what their concerns are. And then how libertarian principles of reducing government can help them. Like a lot of people, oh, well, we don't like the violence. We don't like all this violence. You know, we got to stop all these shootings. Okay, well, you understand that historically, um, and it's shown this, is that uh, that these a lot of these shootings are gang-related, and the gangs are doing it because of drug territories. Yeah. And and that's, and that, you know, we, we see that. And not only do we see that, but we can see that historically looking at prohibition. The reason they ended prohibition was wasn't because people were, you know, wanted to drink with though, that was part of it, was because Al Capone was going around shooting up people and and you know and doing all those things. I mean, the first, no, not the first, but the first like major federal control push came right after the end of prohibition. Then it was in direct response to the, all the gangs going around with Tommy guns and whatever, you know, and having, you know, fire and having firefights with federal officers. Mm-hmm. The, uh, if you, if you get rid of those, okay, then you have less problem. They're worried about black people getting shot by police. Well, once again, if you cause create less interactions with police by ending the war on drugs, by ending stupid rules about, you know, this guy that just got shot, uh, you know, he got pulled over. Yes. He had a warrant, all that stuff. I get that. Um, but would he have gotten pulled over if he did, if they didn't have a stupid law about a freaking air freshener hanging from his mirror? Yes, yeah, stupid. You know, I mean, you're saying that it's okay to, you know, I mean, the, uh, you know, and then the idiot with, uh, you know, and then you wouldn't have to worry about idiots that can't tell their taser from their pistol, even though they're supposed right. to be on opposite sides of their belt. The, uh, um, you know, so like, I, Here's a, and I, I had a, you know, a few months, a few years ago, I spoke to an, a gathering of the NAACP, um, and we were talking, and it was part of a panel, and we were talking about violence, and uh, the, I of course refused to call it gun violence, I just call it violence, um, but it shifted over into a discussion of police violence towards minorities, and I. I said, listen, statistically, I said, you're going to be mad at me when I first say this sentence. But I need you to stop and listen to the whole thing. Let me finish because I'm going to explain. I'm going to make a statement. You're not going to you're going to think I'm wrong. And then I'm going to explain it to you. And this was a few years ago when I said statistically um, and I guess statistics may have changed a little bit since then. But at the time, um, statistically, per arrest. Um, the incidences of violence, white people versus black people were almost identical per arrest. Uh, and everybody's, oh, no, no, that's not true. No, that's true. Get it. Um, the, what you're looking at, though, is, is that black people are policed more and arrested more. Uh, and once again, I said, don't get upset. I'm not saying that black people are doing more crime. I'm saying that black people are the ones targeted by these laws in the, uh, and intentionally or unintentionally. And then I said, you know, honestly, I think a lot of it isn't even black people, it's poor people. And unfortunately, the poor people in black area in inner city neighborhoods that get targeted by these laws tend to be black, you know, tend to be black people. The, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, and I went on this whole, and I said, I said, so really what you need to do if you want to reduce police violence, and I said, because here's what the statistic really is, is, is that no matter what you do, 
you're going to have a, you know, you can do all the training you want. You can do all that. You, you, you're going to get it down to a minimal level, but no matter what you do, you're going to have a certain percentage of violence for every so many arrests. You know, if you say that number is 5%, okay. If that number, if you're getting five out of a hundred, you're going to have police brutality of some kind. Somebody shot, somebody beat, somebody, whatever. If you say that's the number, and don't quote me on that number, I'm making that number up. If you say that's the number, you're going to have five out of every hundred arrests. You're going to have that problem, right? Well, what's the simplest way to reduce that number? If you have a thousand arrests, then you're going to have 50 cases, right? Well, wouldn't you know the simplest way to reduce that 50 cases is to cut it down to 500 arrests? So quit arresting people for stupid bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to automatically reduce the number of, of violence. You know, the, uh, you know, if you quit interfering with people's rights to have it, to possession of a plant, you're not going to have people on parole that are going, well, shit, I got to get away from this cop and trying to run. You know, if you've got, you know, if you don't put warrants out for people on stupid bullshit, you know, I mean, there are guys out there right now that have warrants because they didn't, uh, they didn't pick up the trash in their yard and the city fined them and they didn't pay the city fine. And so the city, and so the county court put a warrant out for their arrest, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. And, you know, and so you stop, you know, reduce all this bullshit. And then you will reduce police violence. And you know, by the time I got done explaining it to him, and I'm tired today, and I had more time then, but by the time <laughs> I, all, you know, the, uh, I did it better then, uh, the, but by the time I got done explaining that to them, they start going, yeah, okay, I see where you're coming from. That makes sense. If we reduce the number of arrests, we're automatically <laughs> going to reduce. And if we do the training at the same time, you know, if we reduce the number of arrests, then those police have more time to do training. and yeah to go after real crimes like you know hey all these rape kits that aren't getting tested while we're out here arresting people for plants yeah the, the LAPD said something they were thinking about i believe i saw it on the LA times that they were thinking about uh some people were wanting to defund them they're going to defund their sex crime units not right. not the drug stuff i was like not oh the drug God. stuff well that's because they don't make money on the sex yeah. crime yeah they make money on drug seizures and on seizing stuff and on civil asset forfeiture that is all related to drug crimes. Because all those rules yeah. for civil asset forfeiture are related to drug crimes. Yeah. The, uh, you know, so, yeah, if you eliminated all that bullshit, then people wouldn't, they wouldn't be having as many interactions with police and then you would have less problems automatically. Then you could also, those police would have more time for, training to know how to tell the difference between a pistol and a fucking taser <laughs> that guy you know, that got shot in san francisco that was the same thing the guy that got killed on the bart you know the guy the cop had him pinned down pulled his gun out and shot him in the back and said oh i thought it was my taser yeah it, it, yeah it's just crazy yeah first of all like i said i mean you're supposed to have them on opposite sides of your belt for that exact yeah. reason number one number two they weigh very different amounts a loaded pistol weighs substantially more than a taser. <laughs> and the sight picture is different. And, you know, I mean, just, yeah. 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 I, yeah that's, that's just crazy. Yeah. Well, did you guys have anything else you wanted to ask him? I don't think so. Are you, are you planning? What'd you say, John? Nope. Yeah. Are, are you, uh, are you making any plans uh, to, to run for any other new offices? Uh, maybe another run for uh, vice president or president? 
I um actually no um I Spike and I were actually joking about that just the other day. Um, uh-huh. The uh, um I I don't know. I'm probably not looking for running for office. Um, at least for a little bit. I've got a bunch of things going on in my personal life. I run my own and operate my own business. Uh, mm-hmm. And that takes up a lot of time. Uh, my father helps me. He was helps me with that business as my accountant and some of the things. Well, he's getting substantially older. Um, he's getting closer to 80 and not, you know, I mean, not as sure yeah. as he once was. And uh, so I'm having to, you know, I'm having to keep more of an eye on those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of stuff going on. So um, at least for a couple of years, probably not. Um, now we don't have another presidential election until 2024. So the, yeah. you know, who knows um, in 2022, uh, people keep asking me if I'm going to reseek my seat. Um, the answer to that is the same answer as it was this last time is it kind of depends on who else is running. Uh-huh. Um, I always, I feel like it is incumbent upon myself to make sure that we have that anybody in my region has at least two good choices. Uh-huh. Um, which is why last time when, you know, there was a little miscommunication, partly my fault between me and Laura Ebke, and she decided to seek my seat um, uh-huh. because she thought I had was totally withdrawing from the race. Uh-huh. I, I had a frustrated, I had a bad day and didn't phrase some things very well and yeah, whatever. And the, and so she declared and, and she was like, well, you know, and I said, stay in the race. We need to give our, our people two good people to vote for. Uh, and, uh, and she did, and we had a great race. Um, the, uh, you know, she was very good. She was, and obviously I spoke for her to get elected for, I, you know, helped nominate her to get elected for at large. Uh-huh. Um, the, uh, um, but, uh, the, uh, if somebody, if, you know, if we have a couple good people that really want it, um, then I probably won't. Uh-huh. Um, if we don't have a couple good people that want it, um, or if enough people in my region say, listen, you're, you know, we really want you to do it again. Um, which is kind of what happened this time. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I really, I honestly expected Laura Ebke to beat me. Um, hmm. and, and then I got 70% of the vote. Uh, so the, uh, <laughs> um, so if, if they, uh, you know, if they really want me to do it, I will. Uh, but I probably won't be seeking, um public office at least for three or four years there is another city council election in two years um because we have half our city council is elected uh, you know every two years yeah and so the uh, um i might do it i might not um city council is a local race that's a little easier to handle yeah um, but obviously obviously this year i had some issues with it so um but hey it let me refund a bunch of people's money which yeah, I don't know if you didn't know that. If you knew this, if you're a campaign for office, you have money left over. You are not obligated to refund it. How do you know uh, that? You can keep it. You can keep it for your next campaign. You, you, there are limits to what you could do with it. But you, but I'm sitting there and I said, all right, I got you know two thousand dollars left in my campaign fund, uh, so I refunded it. Oh, that's uh, cool. You know, uh, like you know, yeah. guys, you know, here, guys, you know, the last, by you know, basically in in reverse order of how I got the donations, I just started uh-huh. refunding money. The uh, uh, because you know, if if they can give it to another candidate, it might help them win. Why would I hold on to it? That's silly. Right. Well, I really appreciate all your work on the uh, for for the party and everything, and all your activism. And uh, you know, I always look forward to seeing what you got to say on stuff. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Anytime, I'm always happy to talk to people. Cool. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you.
Thank you.